You're listening to the Empowered Divorce Podcast, where women support women who have experienced betrayal trauma and abuse and are now facing divorce. Here, you'll learn tools and concepts to help guide your journey from a place of empowerment by trusting yourself and becoming the chooser in your life. I'm your host, Amy Woolsey. Thanks for joining. Hello, hello, my amazing, beautiful listeners. How are you doing today? I'm excited to record this episode, and I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and it's interesting timing because I just got back from a me, myself, and I trip, which if that's just a trip that I take by myself, for myself, my husband and Jackson were, or are, currently are, on a hunting trip, and so I used that time to go off to the beach by myself and take some time. And I love doing those trips by myself, for myself, because it's one of the things that I committed to doing after my divorce when I was single, to really give myself permission to do something for me. When I was dating Scott, I told him, I was like, these are things that I love to do. This is on my list. And this is one of the things that I like to do, and that's have kind of my time. And I have just, that's something, I mean, I've been married, oh my gosh, I've been married four and a half, almost five years. And it's something that I've done since we've been married. And I really, really love that I haven't and won't give up that part of me, that part of myself that works so hard to learn how to be alone, the part that works so hard to learn how to date myself and love being by myself. And so this topic means a lot to me. And I think it's a really important one for those of you who might be in this space where you're not really sure who you are. And I just want to validate that. Because maybe now you're single and wondering, who the heck am I? Now that I'm no longer married, and a lot of you most likely lost yourself in your marriage and your partner and your children. And in the life that you thought was real, only to find out it wasn't. So it's totally understandable why you feel lost and wondering, who am I? So today I want to share some thoughts that can help you approach this question maybe from a place of empowerment rather than a place of perhaps a victim mentality or victim thinking. Because there truly are two different ways to approach and go about this. And my goal as always, is to offer you thoughts and ideas that you can grab hold of and practice to make a shift in a more empowering, higher energy level place that's going to give you the results that I know you probably are wanting. I think one of the most painful realizations for me after divorce was the loss of my identity. Who was I as a single person? I married so young, I didn't even have time to figure out who I was to begin with. What did I even or enjoy doing truly that wasn't influenced by my husband and children? Divorcing and realizing that I have no freaking idea who I am, it can almost feel as if someone has cut away a piece of your soul. Because I thought I knew. I thought I had figured it out. And yet it was all a lie. And there was this huge part of him that I didn't know about. And so what I thought I knew wasn't real. And when I based my identity off of something that wasn't even real, that messed with my head and messed with how I looked at myself too. You know, the dream where you show up at a party and realize that you're naked 
okay, maybe I'm the only one that has that nightmare. <laughs> like after divorce, that's how I felt totally naked going into family parties or family events or church alone. I, I felt like, who am I? I don't belong here anymore because I had identified with him, with being married with this other person and wasn't truly comfortable with myself. And here's the thing. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize just how uncomfortable I was alone by myself with myself until I divorced. I felt very independent. And I think there were a lot of pieces and parts of me that was independent in my marriage, but not in this way. And interestingly enough, I never took me, myself, and I trips when I was married. I never did those things by myself. I always felt like if I went off by myself, I was being selfish or I was neglecting my responsibilities as a wife or as a mother. There was always something that I should be doing other than just being with myself. And so that's why that meant so much to me and why this is such a big piece to me finding out who I am is making sure that I spend time with myself always. Being in a relationship or not, I have to be okay with being with me and actually not just being okay with it, really loving it. I love being with myself. And so walking into these places alone, suddenly nothing had meaning. And I wonder, like, why the hell am I even here? Finding yourself after divorce isn't just about moving on. It's also about rediscovering your self-identity and where you fit into the world again. Your passion, your purpose, all of that. So how do you go about finding yourself after divorce? Now, I'm sure there are a lot of thoughts out there and perhaps you're leaning into some of those as we speak. And I'm going to share some of my own thoughts today, but can I just say that there's no right or wrong way to do this? So let's just start by letting go of any notion that you have to find yourself in a certain way in a certain time. Because my experience has taught me that I had to try so many different things and that my journey isn't over to this day. And I'm glad it isn't. My divorce wasn't finalized yet, but one of the first things I did was take out a notebook and pen and start writing down the things that I wanted to do for myself and by myself. Things that I felt I couldn't do in my marriage, things I felt like I had to get permission for or was judged for after. But I made this long list of some of the things that I could immediately start doing and some were goals that I worked towards, but I kept that list visible. And it was definitely something that kept me focused on my own goals and interests and likes, things that were just for me. And that's why going on like this trip this past weekend for me was so important. I, I love doing this. My kind of routine is I get in the car and I turn on, I have a certain playlist that I listen to that's just this empowering badass playlist and just really connect to myself and let everything go. I like going places where I have a little bit of a drive. I love driving and I love taking that time because for me, it's hard to slow down and that kind of forces me to be in one place. <laughs> this works for me. And I just blast my music and throw my sunroof open. And that, that sense of freedom and independence just centers me and grounds me again and brings me back to myself. And so that was definitely one of the things on my list. And Having that list for me, it did. It made a really big difference to start off right away with these goals and these things that, that I wanted to do for myself. 
one of those things were was getting my nails done. Now, this was not for like, I guess it might be vanity. I don't know. I've always hated my hands. Like, I I had a friend in high school call me man hands and it just broke my heart. But I remember um, just like, now I actually love them because I realize how much they look like my grandmother's, like identical. But they've always looked like my grandmother's even when I was a teenager. And I've never really liked them. So I liked having them painted and done. It just made my hands look a little bit prettier. And But that was one of the things that I felt like I couldn't do and oftentimes wasn't given permission to do or discouraged, I would say, just very discouraged doing. And so I had that on my list. And it was something that I wanted to do for me and do for myself, by myself, with my own money. And I remember the first time that I had done that and I had to work a couple extra houses to be able to make sure I could do this every month for myself. But I remember the first day I went and got them done and I drove home and had my window down and that warm Arizona breeze. And I just was grabbing my steering wheel and I was looking at my hands and my nails and I just cried because it wasn't just about the nails. It was so much more for me. And because in that marriage, I had lost myself. I had stopped doing things for me. I was doing things for him to get him to notice me, him to love me, him to be faithful and desire only me and not the porn and other women. And so in that moment, doing that for me was a shift. And it's the shift that I needed to find who I am, to see who I was again. And I'm not saying that, like, you have to go get your nails done to find out who you are. (laughs) You get to put on your list whatever you want. This meant something so much deeper than just coloring my nails. And it connected me to my body, helped me love parts of me that I didn't always love and others didn't always love. And so that's what I'm talking about here when you might be wondering, who am I? It's finding these pieces out, these pieces that you might not like about yourself and why. Why don't you like those things? Is it because someone else didn't like it? Part of finding you again is learning to love these parts of you. And I just think it's a beautiful experience. It has been for me. Something else I did that was on my list was buy my own car. I was able to check that off my list, even though that new used car blew up a year later. (laughs) But the experience was mine. And that's what I meant earlier when I said finding myself was made up of so many different experiences and none of them were right or wrong. I could have made my car blowing up mean that I made a wrong choice, but I felt so empowered being able to save money for that car, find it, buy it, and drive up to my parents' house with my ass kickers on, aka cowgirl boots, and just feel like I can do this. Buying that car meant something more. It meant I can do this new life for myself and by myself. So. Maybe that's where you start this week is just making a list. But let me share some other ideas with you to help you navigate this. And again, let me just say this is so important, especially before you even think about dating again. I'll be doing a lot more episodes around that, but you also need to join my dating after divorce workshop in January because I'm going to go into all of this so much deeper. But finding who you are and leaning into that is a big big piece to healing. So the first step, I think any shift is awareness. 
So start being aware of yourself. What are you currently doing with your time and why? What are you currently thinking about yourself and why? Perhaps you're doing nothing for yourself and why? What are your thoughts that your brain is offering you here? Not enough time. I can't. Kids are first priority and that leaves no time for me. Working and kids, that's all I have time for. Just notice and what I want to offer you is that those are thoughts, not facts. Now, I get it. They may feel very factual because you're believing these thoughts that your brain's offering you. So now your brain's going to find evidence to back all of those thoughts up. And there are very well may be an overwhelming amount of evidence. However, it doesn't mean it's a fact. The reason I can say that with confidence, that your thoughts about not having enough time is just a thought is because I know plenty of women, myself included, that as a single working mom still find time for themselves and achieve purpose outside of work and kids. It is possible. No other woman has something different that you don't have intrinsically. Okay, You're not made up of something different or lacking in some way. It's all in how we want to think and choose to think about this. Now, I totally want to hold space for how hard this can feel and accept, especially if you're new and after divorce and into this whole single mom thing. It absolutely takes time to figure all of this out. So I'm going to remind you what I said earlier. There's no right or wrong way here. Okay. And we're just going to lean into this slowly at your own pace. One of the things here about the Empowered Divorce is my, my podcast here is that I'm offering you thoughts to push your brain. Because if you sit here in these thoughts that your brain's offering you currently, like I don't have enough time, kids will take up all of my time, they're my number one priority, I can't, whatever, whatever thought that is that's keeping you from doing you, okay? I want to push your brain and offer you something different to think. And that doesn't mean you have to think it right now. But if you just stay open to it, then when you are ready to lean in, these thoughts are going to be there. Okay, that's why I feel so strongly about coaching because it's that's what coaching will do to push your brain a little bit. If you are even hardwired because of early childhood to even think that you have to self-sacrifice in the name of good mothering or good wifing. Yeah, that's a word. I'm making it up. But you know what I mean? Like wearing it as a badge of honor that you're not putting yourself first or seeing yourself as last and that's a good thing. That might have been emulated to you. You might have seen that example. And so there's this hard wiring. And it's no wonder why your brain's dishing out these thoughts to you. So it's most likely going to feel as if this concept that I'm offering you is selfish or even unchristlike. It's not. But just become aware of these thoughts. Write them down and see how many times they show up during the day. I remember thinking that. I work all day and even night and the kids need me. I cannot take time to go on a run. So then I'd forego that need that I had to exercise and keep my body active. What I noticed was that it changed the way that I showed up as a mom. When I didn't give myself that time, I wasn't as present. I was a little more irritable or more tired. I didn't have the energy to do things with them. Every thought your brain is offering you about why you can't focus on you, just be aware of and get curious about. Be aware of what you identified with prior to your divorce. 
Did you feel a sense of identity because you were the one who had the clean house and dinner on the table and kids dressed with their hair neatly done? And now you're looking at the laundry basket piled up on the chair in your room that's been there for weeks and it's cereal again for dinner and your kid's hair is, let's just say not brushed today, but yesterday it was. And so that's a win. Like if you made your prior identity, all those other things, then it's no wonder why you feel lost when things are different. So just consider asking yourself questions like, what do I even like to do? What am I passionate about? What? And do not say kids. I know that you single moms are passionate about your kids. Take that aside. I want this to be about you. So what am I passionate about outside of my children? And what do I want to try that I've always wanted to, but never really made the time? I was going to say had the time, but you've always had the time. We haven't made the time. Be aware of what you identified with, what you made mean you are worthy and good and enough. Most likely you made things that are subject to change mean you're good enough. And so now that things have changed, you feel like you've changed and are not good now. Okay, so the awareness part is really key here. Like I was saying earlier, I had to be aware of even my the way that I thought about my body. And that was a really important piece too to start doing those things, changing the way that I, that I saw my body rather than the way that my ex-husband saw my body. That's a huge one, right? I'm going to do a whole episode on that, but that's a huge piece to finding out who you are is what do I want to think about my amazing, beautiful body? Okay, the next is acceptance. So your self-esteem it's probably been shattered. And if like me, you didn't have much to begin with maybe before you were married and in a world of pain and confusion, I know it's irritating when people say one step at a time, but it truly is one step at a time. Also, it's important to remember that the brain focuses on negative emotions more easily than the positive ones. So sometimes we have to force ourselves to remember our strengths and accept what is even about ourselves without judgment, shame, or blame. One thing that just came to my mind for me that was so hard to accept was that I needed help. I needed help from others around me to pick up kids, take them places, help me fixing things that I couldn't figure it on my own, professional help for my kids and myself because I couldn't fix their emotions. I didn't realize how hard it was for me and how much I had identified with someone that could do it all by myself and didn't need help. And so when I needed help, I felt less than. I felt as if I wasn't really myself, hence this space after divorce of who the hell am I if I can't do this on my own? Who am I that I have to get help for basic things? So dropping that self-judgment here, right? And not making the fact that I needed help mean something about me intrinsically. Accepting that this was a new experience I was having, but it didn't mean anything about who I Do you see how important it is to not identify our worth with changeable things? Perhaps you didn't know what to do with yourself by yourself when you were married and when he was away. If you were making excuses then, it's no wonder why your brain's going into making excuses now. But 
really when you were married and you were the one doing everything you could to change yourself and be more lovable, more acceptable, and more desirable to your partner, especially when you knew there was infidelity, you are already crushed, but then perhaps you tried to be different in order to not ever be cheated on again. You've lost yourself by doing this, and you're not going to recognize yourself anymore by doing this if you've done this. At one point towards the end of my marriage, I had hit this breaking point. And long story short, I flew home to get some space, be with my parents who just needed a break. But I actually had memory loss around that whole <laughs> trip. But my parents said that when they found me at the airport, they couldn't find me. They went to go pick me up and had been driving around. I was supposed to meet them on the curb. And I was sitting on the bench, the curb, waiting for them, which I don't remember. But apparently they had driven past me, walked past me, couldn't find me. They didn't recognize me. I happened to look up and caught the gaze of my mom. She burst into tears. I do remember my dad coming over and seeing his face and he started to cry. And that's very unlike my dad. And um, I think which is why I probably have that memory just seared in my brain of my dad, the look on his face and him crying and him saying, dear God, he broke my daughter. They didn't recognize me. I didn't recognize me. They took me home when I woke up two days later. I had completely lost myself in that marriage, trying to be something that would never meet the false idea that he had of who I should be. So the journey to accept myself outside of what I spent years trying to morph into took time. And, and so accepting yourself is accepting nothing outside you makes you more worthy or enough. Accepting that just you, no matter what you do or don't do, married, divorced, single, kids, no kids, young, old, five talents, 10 talents, none of these make you more valuable or lovable. Just you. Accepting just you. When you can take time to strip all of these other things away and see just you and love yourself in this space and not making anything else mean anything about you, that's a place to start building from. And that leads to a concept I want to share around rebuilding your identity, like where to start. Now, I've given you a couple of things to start with, but when you can see that your worth and value are not reliant on what you do or don't do, then everything becomes an experience rather than an identity. And I feel that divorcing, getting a divorce moved me into that new phase of life experiences and allowed me the opportunity to shift the way that I viewed everything, including my faith and myself in, in my relationship with God himself. I realized that I simply got to choose what I wanted my purpose in life to be and it wasn't going to begin with an I should or I'm supposed to. It was going to be begin with an I choose to. Now, this definitely requires more intentionality. It requires you to be in charge of your life rather than letting these outside influences choose you. And I had to live like that intentionally day to day, every day. And some days were a heck of a lot harder than others. And it's just one conscious choice at a time. And being able to look at the pain and really look at it and choose the way that you want pain to mean for you too. Looking back, I can now confidently say that I'm grateful for experiencing divorce. It started me on the journey of self-discovery and personal growth. And without it, I would have never questioned 
how I saw me, loved me, how I reacted to other people, situations. I would have never spent time to understand pain and negative emotion and and really see how it's okay to feel all of it. For me, I think one of the biggest things is letting go of this idea that there's a right and wrong way to feel and let go of so many things that I identified with and looking at my life more as an experience and what do I want to choose to experience here and separating that from my identity. In all reality, who I am is a daughter of God and that's it. Who I am is enough and whole and complete and it has nothing to do with all of these other things that I choose to experience. It has nothing to even do with my talents and gifts. Those are just experiences that I have. And when I really believed that, it changed the way that I loved myself and saw myself. Changed the way that I believed in myself. It's amazing when you can finally do all of these things that you wanted to do when all of those compromises are gone. You can finally start those hobbies that you've been thinking about for ages when you're starting them from a place of already in mind. And it's, what do I want to experience? I could let go of feeling guilty for getting my hair done, getting a pedicure, any of the self-care that I wanted because I didn't need to seek approval first. I could take myself out to dinner and do these things on my own, read a good book, reconnect with myself, spend time alone, all of those things that I can appreciate. And that's why I love doing these by myself, for myself trips. Because I get to connect back to me. So the last thing I just want to offer is I teach levels of intimacy in a relationship. And it's one of the things that I go into detail, a deep dive in my dating after divorce workshop so that you can really understand what healthy intimacy looks like. But I'll go through those levels of intimacy. There's seven different levels. And what I love doing is flipping those on yourself, meaning taking each one of those levels of intimacy, and we'll just start with verbal, cognitive, and emotional, and how can you have a healthy intimacy with yourself in those different areas? So how do you talk to yourself and about yourself? Are your words kind about you? Even when you're trying to be playful and funny and, and joke about yourself to others, what words are you saying? Are they positive and uplifting? How about cognitive intimacy, your ideas, your thoughts, your opinions? Do you value them or do you crep all over your ideas? Do you think your ideas are silly or stupid or wrong? Are you getting more curious about your ideas and thoughts and honoring them? That would be a healthy cognitive intimacy with yourself. What about emotional intimacy? Do you allow yourself to feel or do you tell yourself you can't or shouldn't? Do you hold sacred space for your emotions and value them? Acknowledge them. Look at them. Get curious about the information they're telling you. That would be a healthy emotional intimacy with yourself. Start with those and practice having a healthy connection with you. You will find more about yourself as you look to yourself in these ways. Coaching really can help you navigate this journey and show you where your human brain's getting in the way here cannot express enough how important this work is, especially before you even think about getting into another relationship. We don't want these patterns to repeat themselves in another relationship. So doing this work on yourself to see yourself is really, really important. Hopefully some of these thoughts today helped you. 
I've offered you a couple things that tools that you can work on and practice this week so that you can lean in to once again finding who you are, to being able to answer that question. Because I know that you are whole and complete just as you are. That no matter what you do or don't do, you're still enough and infinitely lovable no matter what. And the more you practice that and believe that for yourself, ooh, the more empowered you're going to be. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Take care. Are you considering dating after divorce? Are you afraid to date after divorce? Then this is for you. No matter where you are at, learning how to be the best version of you is where we start. So join my Dating After Divorce three-day workshop. You don't want to miss it because learning to love yourself first is a choice and you are the chooser in your life. So choose you and sign up. You have the power to create the life you want and the dating experience you want one step at a time. The link to that class is in the show notes and I will see you soon. Take care.